Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Jesus McDonald Experience. If you haven't subscribed to the show yet, you can subscribe on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, or Spotify. We are going to be providing you with valuable content around entrepreneurship, business, and marketing. We will also be doing interviews with professionals in the industry that are real and unedited, so make sure you subscribe now. And lastly, enjoy the show. Dele, how are you? Hey, what's up, Jesus? Doing well, man. Thanks for, ha- for, for having me on the show. Yes, definitely. My pleasure. And I know we've been wanting to jump on in front of the mic, in front of the camera for some time now, like what, two, three weeks now? Oh, yeah, I think it's more than that, man. So uh, it's been a long time coming, man. So I'm definitely excited. A lot of anticipation, man. <laughs> now, for those tuning in to the show, Dele Sabomahi is a respected basketball coach and CEO of Timas Fachi, a full-time year-round basketball academy serving thousands of athletes since 2005. He has showcased visionary leadership and intense passion for basketball that has defined his career success leading up to the academy winning eight national championships in 10 years. Wow. So today, The Academy has succeeded in producing successful players, more than 20 of whom play for JV or varsity as a freshman, over 10 Team Esfachi graduates have gone to play college basketball from full scholarship NCAA Division I and NAIA to junior college. A lot of great stuff, a lot of exciting topics to talk about, a lot of valuable information around Team Fachi and entrepreneurship. So thank you again, Deli, for joining us on the show. So let's dive right in. You're back. <laughs> let's dive right into the first question. Can you hear me, Deli? Yeah, yeah, back. Sorry about that, guy. No worries. The joy of technology during sheltering in place. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Different. But yeah, what inspired you to become an entrepreneur, though? Yeah, good question. Well, it started back in college. My brother and I always had a passion to really just change popular culture. You know, I think. Um, we witnessed a lot of what, what, what we would call negative themes and values that were, you know, conveyed in a lot of the urban culture outlets, right? Through music, through entertainment, through all these all of these avenues, we saw some things that weren't necessarily positive, right? Or what we would deem positive. So the motivation was really the overarching goal of Esfachi was to make popular culture positive. So that positive culture will become popular. I know it's a bit of a tongue twister, but that's what it was about, man. It's really, it's really about how, how can we be a positive force in pop culture and use these different these different avenues, you know, to do just that. Hmm. Now, for those that um, don't know about Timas Fachi, um, how did you guys come up with the name? Yeah, so. Esfachi, it started out as Esfachi, you know, back in undergrad as young, young 
collegiate students who, who really didn't know have a clue of how to run a business. Um, Esfachi was, it started out with us kind of cutting hair as a side hustle, as just undergrad kids, right? Nice. We would cut that hair. He was at Stanford at the time. I was at Santa Clara. And during that time, we collaborated with a few others, you know, at Stanford, actually. And we started, you know, to cut hair on a more a regular basis. And through conversations about popular culture, about just, you know, the different ways to change it and just what our passions were, we it evolved into what became known as Esfachi. That that was derived from five S's and a C. So, you know, it's a funny story, but if you have time, you know, I'll break it down. It's, it's basically five S's and a C. One of my good friends who cut hair as well, he he went by Stallion Styles. We went by Shogo Shop, you know, our last name. Yeah, yeah. Truncated to Shogo Shop is, is what we called our, you know, my brother and I cut cut hair kind of under that name. So it was a collaboration of Shogo Shop and Stallion Styles, which is four S's. And that was at Stanford University. And I say, obviously, at Stanford and Santa Clara. So you got five S's and a C. So when you start with uh, five S's and a C, five S-C, then you switch that up to S5C, say S5C five times, and you got Esfachi. And then, and then that became an acronym, actually, for education. Wow, that's creative. <laughs> that's really creative. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, as I said, it's an acronym, though. You know, so oftentimes I don't tell that story. I just go straight to the acronym, which is education and service through the face of popular culture, F-A-C-E, mm-hmm. which is fashion, athletics, community, and entertainment. So it's a multifaceted lifestyle brand, you know, that was born, you know, conceived around 05. You guys really thought through that one. I don't know any entrepreneur that creative on coming up with the company name, honestly. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, it's pretty unique, you know, so hopefully, uh, you know, I'm glad you uh, appreciate it. I think the, the hard part is that, Google doesn't know about it because it's not really a common name. So it's, it's a rich, so <laughs> the best, the best SEO results. Well, you guys definitely dominate the market when it comes to company name. <laughs> you guys' branding is on point. Yeah. Now, no yeah, yeah. So as an entrepreneur, and there's those that are, you know, tuning into the show that are entrepreneurs that want to take it to the next level. There's some that aspire to be an entrepreneur, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of, the interviews that we do are entrepreneurs, marketing professionals, small business owners, right? One of the things is asking them about their journey, what they like, don't like about entrepreneurship. What's your favorite part about being an entrepreneur? The favorite part? Yeah, I thought a little bit about that. I mean, A, it's two part. First, I'd just say the nonstop journey of growth, man, just being able to grow as a leader, as a manager, and as a businessman. Uh, I'd say, you know, the challenges that you face for, for, for all those who run a small business or, you know, are, are involved in trying to lead a, a big business, you know, the challenges, they never stop. You know, they're diverse. They change from time to time and uh, it never ends. But I think as a result of that, there are so many opportunities to grow and you're 
constantly able to learn if you're right. able to obviously, you know, not just go through all those challenges, but grow through, through them, right? So I love that. And then, you know, the, the, the next thing I would say is just being able to create culture, you know, not having to conform to another person's mm. values or, or cultures, but having the, you know, I, I'd say it's very liberating and, and rewarding to be able to evolve and to be able to infuse your values uh, into a culture, you know, and not let that be necessarily dictated by someone else outside of yourself, right? So, right. Those two things are, uh, you know, they fell on top. What has been like the biggest challenges that you've had to face? One of them, I think, I think it's common amongst uh, any business owners, which is hiring, you know, yes. highly talented people who are also a good fit for your organization, right? I'd say first, just to find talent out there, as you know, is not is not as easy as you would think. And then more importantly, trying to find talent that really, you know, is a good fit for you, for your organization. So, you know, and then I would say the next thing is how to scale, scale in terms of who you serve, how many, how many people you serve, and not compromise on quality, meaning trying to scale and have a consistency across the board, you know, is a huge a challenge for me. You know, I'd say anyone in the service industry knows that, you know, every human being is limited in the amount of people we're able to serve right in person. Right. So having, having to grow in that way, you know, has been a challenge for sure. Mm. What has been the biggest opportunity for growth for you as an entrepreneur based on all the challenges that you've had to face? Oh, exactly. I, I would say uh, one of the areas I've had to grow is how to to hire. Right. I think I think oftentimes we hear one of the most common mistakes. I can't speak for anyone else, but I know me. I fall. You know, I'm victim to to, to this, which is I've hired a lot of people who were much like me, who who whose energy I could vibe with, I could relate to. Right. Mm. You know, if I get a guy who comes in my in my office and is passionate about it's Fachi. They, 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 they get the culture. They love the game of basketball and they love growth. They seem like they're hungry to grow, you know, and, and, and have impact on lives. I instantly get excited about that. And at times I would hire them for positions where I didn't truly, you know, or thoroughly vet them and see if they had the skill set. Right. So I think, I've hired on what's called like the first two C's. You know, I have three C's that 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 I pretty much use to hire, and that builds the culture, which is character, chemistry, and competence. And I like to say, hmm. character and chemistry supersede the competence. But while those two are the most important, I would say I've failed at really recognizing what are the competencies that are required for a certain position. And making sure that I hire people who are going to be set up for success in that role, right? And putting the right people in the right seats. So that's been the biggest opportunity for growth. And I'd say just recently, honestly, you know, 10 years of being full to time, just this past year, have I really done a better job of actually trying to vet them, you know, any prospect literally for their skill set and really understand what their skills are before I hire them. So it's not you know, an awkward thing where I hire them, I'm all excited. Right. And then we end up learning, oh man, this person, 
although they're a great fit, they just don't have the skill set or the experience to really add a lot of that value. So it causes mm-hmm. a lot of frustration, as you can imagine. Yeah, and that's really valuable information because hiring and recruiting is difficult for any entrepreneur. And then it's even more important to hire the right talent. One, it's just hard to find great talent. That's just hard in itself, right? So the fact that you've pretty much have molded the process and you've learned about that, that's awesome. No, for sure. And I got to... Um... I got to shout out, you know, a partner or a a mentor of mine from uh, years back who inspired me with those seeds. You know, it was over at PCC, I believe, the the Peninsula Community Church, I believe, you know, and we had a relationship and the director at the time explained what their philosophy was on these these three seeds. And that stuck with me ever since under those three seeds. So I say that to say, if you're an entrepreneur, a business owner, Feel free to adopt that for sure. But obviously under those seeds, what is going to be unique to you is what character are you looking for? What are the the values that you have that falls underneath each seed? That's going to change. But that's a great framework that I got, you know, and I kind of I held on to. Hmm. Now, a little bit about entrepreneurship is fears, Mm -hmm. right? A lot of entrepreneurs will act like they don't have fears, but... (laughs) They're fearful and, and there's fears when you're first starting out as an entrepreneur and then there's fears today as an entrepreneur, right? Sometimes they might even look different. What fears did you have when you first started and what fears do you face now? And maybe just talk a little bit about how you overcome those fears. Yeah, no, that's a good question. Yeah. Fears are a big part of my daily life. Uh, Fears that 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 you know show themselves uh, through anxiety. I would say you know mm-hmm. any anyone out there who feels anxiety, I think the root of anxiety oftentimes is fear of certain outcomes, right? So right. I think um, early on, I think the most I, I would say the most consistent fears and anxiety about anxieties I've had have been around failure and being afraid of not not really Isfachi the and the business not not really materializing into something that I can build, you know, a livelihood on. I think that was a bigger fear early on. It was, is this gonna become a, a business that is respectable, that 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 can actually pay the bills where I can eventually, you know, one day be a married man as I am now those were the fears early and still be able to provide right for not only for myself, but now a wife and a household, you know, eventually kids. So that, that, that was always a fear. And then now it's more, it's more, I think my greatest fear is around my reputation as a, as a businessman. So if I quote unquote fail, if I quote unquote fail, will I be able to still have the respect from the, the the peers or the community as a businessman. So I think it's more centered around me. And I think the more that I get in touch with those fears, I'm able to deal with them appropriately and in a healthy way. So the biggest way that I deal with those fears are, you know, I pray, you know, so I'm a man of faith. And I oftentimes pray in the, in the morning, I journal, I try to become aware of them. And then, you know, I believe that I can take them to God 
you know, and that can take a lot of it off of my, you know, putting trust in a in a power or force that's greater than you, you know, in, in this case, God, um, it really helps me let go of, the, of the, those fears because we, we, we all know the best performances come out of not really being controlled by fears, right? If you think about an yes. in, in, in athlete like a Steph Curry or the, the best games that they had where they went off and dropped 50 plus is when they just yes. were not worried about anything and were completely loose. So that's an ability to let go and get in the zone. And I think mm-hmm. us as business people also get in the zone and really let go when we're not operating out of fear and tr- trying to control everything. Because that's who I am. When I'm anxious, I try to control. And then I strangle the, the business. If you can see that visual, I strangle it. So now it's not able to grow and, and blossom into what it's really testing to become. So so I give those up to God every day. Sometimes it creeps back up on me. You know, I, got re- I, I set reminders to go pray even in the afternoon, in the middle of the day. Because even... After the, the the morning starts, I can I can become overcome. You know, I can get you know c- kind of overwhelmed with, with with fears or anxiety about everything on my plate and all these things. So especially in the time like now, you know, in COVID nineteen, there there, there obviously is a lot of uh, new fears that have been introduced. But but yeah, that's in general how I deal with them. I just try to be aware first. So I would just encourage anyone just just try to be aware and write them out. You know, it slows down your thoughts when you're able to journal. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I type them out and then I'm able to pray about those specifically and share those, you know, and not be controlled but by them. I put them out there and then I, you know, I move on and try to get loose, loose and try to get in the zone. I love that because what you're describing and the way I translate and correct me if I'm wrong is self-awareness is mm-hmm. key. You identify your fears. Um, and if you're not identifying your fears and you're not taking them to prayer or journaling them out so you have facts to work with um and even taking a break from work a a lot of entrepreneurs need to unplug a little bit yeah the fact that you're taking it to god by going out on a prayer walk i mean that's epic that's awesome i love that and not perfect so i gotta be honest i don't do that in the afternoon every day but that's the goal oh it's all good man i don't know anyone who's perfect so, <laughs> but I, I, what you also said, what you make a really good point about you can easily strangle, you can limit the growth of your company. It could actually damage your business and relationships if you don't deal with the fears. You can easily control things. You can easily just, I mean, you just doesn't have, you limit creativity, you limit growth. You also do more damage in relationships. Um, are you able to see that too? Absolutely. I would say, uh, yeah, the strangling thing. I was speaking uh, last year to to, Jer- to Jeremy Lin. Actually, you know, we caught up. You know, after some open run. You know, he usually I play with him a little bit over the years when he comes back home. You know, he's from here uh, in the area. Nice Hello. shout out to Jeremy Lin. Shout out to Jay Lynn, man. Yeah, exactly. He's a, you know, another man of faith, um, you know, who, mm-hmm. who is, is probably one of the most humble, you know, pro athletes that, that I've ever known. But, but he shared with me in, an article about a college coach who talked about strangling his organization. And that always stuck with me because the visual was very clear, right? To strangle something, to try, try to control it. But uh, back to your question, I would say, you know, I see it impact, you know, all my relationships because 
oftentimes when I'm anxious and controlled by that fear, I'm I'm less patient, right? I'm more uptight. You know, I snap at at, at people. You know, so I'm not really a nice person when I'm controlled by anxiety or very anxious and, and, and unaware. You know, it just becomes, you know, it it damages relationships because of the things I can say. I can say condescending things. I'm, you know, for, for folks on my staff, you know, it just gets to a point where there are some very unhealthy tendencies that emerge when I'm not, when I don't deal with my anxiety, right? And now as a married man, for all of you who are married, you know, you know, marriage is the most, it's the biggest mirror that you have in your life. So anytime I'm off and I, and I interact with my wife, you know, who knows me more than any other human being, you know, I get exposed all the time. So, so that's really, uh, you know, kind of a barometer, you know, to see how I'm doing in marriage ultimately lets me know, am I dealing with my anxiety, right? Or do I need to go pray more or maybe just go, you know, mm-hmm. go breathe, go play, play some ball. You know, there are a, a lot of other healthy things that you can do to try to, to relieve stress uh, for, from every angle. No, that's valuable information. And thanks for sharing, honestly, and, and mm-hmm. vulnerably. Um, that's awesome. And it's awesome that you're learning a lot of these things because not a lot of entrepreneurs are even there. A lot of entrepreneurs will try to downplay it or act like they don't have fears i mentioned that a little bit at the beginning and stuff so i appreciate the realness i wanted to also talk about you know you have a nonprofit. you want to touch a little bit on that absolutely yeah so from the jump um from the beginning we always had a heart to serve those you know once we pivoted to youth basketball and went full-time you know, I went full time in youth basketball in about 2010, uh, so about a decade now. And at that time, and, and even before, we knew that there was, you know, a disparity amongst those who have a lot and those who don't, right? And we wanted to make sure that the kids who were from households that didn't have as many resources as the other ones on the quote unquote other side of the tracks, if you will we're still able to take advantage of what we offer. So I grew up in a house where my dad and my mom, they devoted their lives to at-risk youth in Portland, Oregon. So, so that heart of, of, uh, of, of having compassion for those who don't necessarily have a strong foundation and, and really have resources to access the different programs and things that can enrich your life and really instill good values you know, that was something that was instilled at a young age, you know, so I'm grateful for that upbringing. And because of that, it was always, how do I, how do I support those? You know, how do I create a structure that makes it easier to raise funds and to, you know, mm-hmm. and to get more scholarships and right. more, more financial aid, if you will. So that's what really drove, you know, uh, that's what drove the desire, and that's what you know. That's how we were able to eventually have a five hundred one c three that was created, and now we have an active board. You know, where for our team specifically, where we're able to offer more and more scholarships and raise more funds in that way. Nice, I love that. Is there a URL for that? If you know, there's a lot of people that want to donate to nonprofits. What would be no, the way to get in contact with your nonprofit? Absolutely. Yes. So it's just teamasfachi.org actually. So it's .org, you know, 
and we have a .com. So just teamesfachi.org. You know, obviously the spelling is, is in here, but team org. Yeah. Awesome. And those that are interested, uh, I'll go ahead and put this on our YouTube video. You can visit my YouTube channel, Jesus McDonald, and I'll add all of that information for Team Fachi, both websites, .com and .org. And yeah, absolutely. I love what you guys are doing, especially here in Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. So in regards to your ideal client, right? This is an interesting question. Some people like it. Some people, it's kind of hard for them to answer it. But what is your ideal client? Because they might be listening. They might be watching this. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, that one has always been a little tough for me. But with more reps, you know, I've been able to get more clear. I think at the end of the day, our culture, an ideal c- 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 client, and this won't be as specific. So, you know, feel free to ask more. But the ideal client is is uh, someone who who really aligns with the values of, of, of Spachi. And in this case, it's more having a growth growth mindset and valuing the sport of basketball, not only as the best sport who shares the passion about this game, but also sees the opportunity for this sport to be a teacher of life, right? I think team sports offer u- unique opportunities mm-hmm. to teach young athletes how to really navigate this game, the most important game that we all play, which is life. And I think life is a team sport. I heard that quote once uh, speaking to a parent. I loved it. You know, so I've been saying it ever since. Life is a team sport, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm a, I want parents who understand and value that and know that, you know, it's bigger than just, you know, can your kid, you know, play on the most competitive team or get this type of exposure. It's like, are they developing and do you value that? You know, the, the development of not only the athlete, but also the person, right? In terms of character and all those other, you know, aspects, I would say, of a student, you know, of a young, a young athlete. No, definitely. Character growth is big. And I have a friend that has teenagers and he was asking me, hey, what are some great team sports to play? Because I want them being more around people that are about achieving a goal but they have to not rely on themselves but they have to trust in the other person's ability skills you name it right and I'm like wow that's a beautiful thing because not a lot of people think that way and in regards to character growth so you know you're you're absolutely right you know and the other thing is willing to invest and I'm not saying just money although you should be willing to invest you know, resources and time, you know, into the development of your your child, right? I think mm-hmm. from a basketball standpoint, even if you want to look at it just from who, you have to be willing to invest and understand right. that you're, you're c- c- committing yourself to a process and not just like a sprint, right? It's more of a process. So if you're willing to really allow us to invest, you know, in your kid, but you're willing to, to commit yourself as a family, you know, I think that, that that's the ideal client, you know, kind of sees that long-term right. and is able to see that, that, that growth over time, you know, so. Now, do you guys only focus in Silicon Valley or do you guys go outside Silicon Valley? Yeah, good question. Right now with COVID, thanks, uh, you know, the silver lining, obviously I think a lot of small, small businesses were able to, to experience is being forced to go online. So now we actually have 
virtual workouts that are offered to, you know, to anyone who's in the right time zone, right? It's live. So we have those virtual workouts that's going on for any age group. And that's happening all throughout the week, right? But I think our in-person operation, obviously, is for those who are right Mm -hmm. here on the or within a, you know, comfortable range. But um, all of our online stuff is accessible to anyone in the world, essentially. But the time zone, because it is live right now, uh, is going to be a factor. Nice. Is there specific dates and times or it changes all the time? No, it's usually the same. Uh, it's the same day to time based on the age group and level. So, you know, I would just go to the site and you'll be able to see, you know, a menu of classes and, mm-hmm. you know, the right one. It's usually a consistent time. Now, what is the range for ages? Like, oh, we start at kindergarten. Yeah, so we... Seriously? Yeah, yeah, it used to be first grade. It used to be first grade, actually, in a program we called, uh, or we called Neo Prep. So so our baby, oh, nice. if you will, first and second grade and some kindergartners, uh, they play in a, a, a Neo Prep, right, where they're able to just obviously learn fundamentals, you know, start to build the love for, for the game, have fun. There's more fun at I that love age. That. You know, fun is is paramount, right? Is the n- number one probably want them to enjoy the game and not necessarily going as hard or more, you know, a bunch of skill work, but they are going to learn all the basics and be able to play as well. So that's what we do for, you know, that age. And then we go all the way up to, you know, elite high school kids in a, in a program we call college prep. So we mm-hmm. have our, our college prep program that's really geared towards high school players who have dreams and ambitions of playing beyond high school. And we, we prepare them in that way and give them, you know, exposure to colleges and continue to help them develop their game and their characters so that they could be, you know, open up more and more doors at the next level. Yeah, you kind of beat me to the punch because I was going to ask you, how do you handle if a parent um, wants to put their kid into one of these programs? And with COVID-19 going on, right, there's a lot of fear that parents have. And then there's some that are like, I just want my kid to just do it because he or she has so much energy, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and this is a good way to just burn off that energy and have fun and, you know, build their character too. Right. Um, but you answered that by going digital with it, which is awesome. Right. And another thing about digital is there's a lot of businesses that, you know, when their doors close, when COVID-19 hit, sheltering in place, heck, even the wildfires, right? Like, not a lot of people are going out, right? True. So they're all trying to stay safe and healthy. How difficult was that? Because you had to go from face-to-face, in-person, you know, talking with the client, with the team to full-scale digital transformation, right? Yeah. I mean, How that was that experience? Yeah, it wasn't as tough as you would think, honestly, because we have a strong infrastructure. I think that's what that's what really differentiates us from a lot of, I would say, youth sports uh, organizations is having a strong infrastructure, but also having a great staff. Right. So mm-hmm. my staff is very is very high level and they were able to be professional enough to to pivot, you know, along with the organization. So they were able to adapt, you know, so hats off to you know all, all the guys who are essentially on the front lines of mm-hmm. the digital 
coaching movement, you know, which I think a lot of us in new sports have been forced to go to. But yeah, in general, we just started out with our teams and, and we utilized Zoom. I've always been a Zoom, a Zoom fan. So I already had a, you know, a company account for Zoom actually before this whole thing hit, which really, as you know, Zoom ended up emerging as the top. And now it's a verb, you know, a, mm-hmm. you know everything, a noun verb. And now it's just a household name. So so Zoom, it, it worked out. Yeah. I was comfortable with it. A lot of folks, you know, already knew how to utilize Zoom with their schools and stuff. So we went to Zoom and it worked out. Obviously, you know, it's a challenge because a lot of folks don't want to be, you know, be on the screen for that many hours. But right. you know, the parents were very, were very happy with the speed, you know, at which uh, we were able to transition, right, and, and start to offer them things and still meet them where they're at. So they were... They very, could just do it from their house, right? They can just yeah. do it from the house, backyard, I mean, wherever, right? Yeah, exactly. A lot of kids are in their garage, you know, in a driveway, you know, if they have a hoop a hoop in, in the backyard, in the front, whatever it is, you know, and you don't even need a basketball hoop, actually. So that's... That's good to know. find workouts where you don't need a hoop because right. we know there are a lot of kids who don't have hoops. So when I run my workouts, I, I was actually operating right here in this room at the office where I was able to, uh, and I don't have a hoop in here, obviously. So I was just able to work, work on a lot of other skills that didn't require a, a basket, footwork, ball handling skills, and conditioning. Mm, I'm going to get my son Dustin on that. <laughs> <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. And yet, those who are watching this on YouTube, this is not just an ordinary black shirt. This is a legit Timus Fasci. Ooh, that's nice, man. I respect that. Oh, you got the Look at that. Right there. <laughs> Yeah, I got the trust here. Oh, you got a better one. Yeah. But yes, Jeff well, from Delhi. I love it. I probably wear it more than any other T-shirt, honestly. <laughs> man, I love. But uh, last thing to end, you know, this podcast interview, and this is for you know our listeners. Do you have any advice for our listeners that may want to start a business or take their leadership position to the next level? Yeah, yeah, for sure. The number one advice would be, would be um, get a mentor or a business coach. You know, if you don't, if you don't, if you don't already have one, um, you want to s- surround yourself with those who are more successful than you are, right? Or those who are smarter than you, because in in those relationships, you will be stretched. And I've always had. I mean, for, for the past, I've been fortunate to find a, an awesome a business coach and advisor, you know, who's working with us and me directly, you know, for several years, I think it's four or five years now. Nice. And that's been great. But I also have a team of, of advisors. So I would say put together your own advisory board, right? It doesn't have to be a paid position. It could just be those in your network who are at a place where you want to be in any area in leadership, you know, have ran companies, have more experience in a, a certain field. Make sure that, you know, you s- surround yourself with them. And I think that will be, um, you know, step one. And then also just always making sure that you have clarity and work on having clarity. This is an area that I struggle in, you know, I have to continue to grow in, which is making sure that you have cl- clarity around your vision, around your goals. And the more cl- clarity I believe you have, that transitions to really anyone on your team and, and yourself, you know, just being able to you know, make the most effective moves 
that are going to push the, the the needle closer right. and closer towards a, a focused you know path, right? So I think just cl- clarity is big time. Awesome, valuable information. I mean, this whole thing was valuable information. Things that I learned, even about your business, to Delhi, and the things that you value, your beliefs, and how you run as an entrepreneur is really inspiring. So thank you for your time and you have a great day, okay? Thank you for the opportunity. And, uh, you know, again, I, I wish you and, and all the other listeners are here the best of luck. And I appreciate you allowing me to be a part of your journey and having me on, man. Talk Absolutely. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to check out our website at jrmwebmarketing.com where we have blogs, videos, and other valuable content around business and marketing. Also, subscribe to Jesus McDonald's YouTube channel to watch his videos. Just search Jesus McDonald and click subscribe. You can also find Jesus McDonald on social media channels. Just search Jesus McDonald, click the like button, and comment. We do our best to reply to every comment. And if you have any questions around entrepreneurship, business, or marketing, shoot him a tweet at Jesus underscore underscore McDonald. Lastly, if you love what we're doing, then please leave us a five-star review. Have a great day.